Welcome, everybody, to <laughs> Community Connections, take one, uh, with Bill Roberts and Nolan Gunn. Uh, and so this is, uh, you're going to have to pardon the audio quality a little bit because the, uh, uh, we're outside. It might, you might get a little wind noise in, in the recording, but the content still stands. And uh, as long as you can hear us talking, that's probably, I mean, I hope that's a good thing. Live and in person. That's right. Except pre-recorded and played later. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so uh, the purpose of this uh, podcast is going to be sort of just to give people kind of an introduction to it is uh, the idea of uh, creating community connections, hence the name that we thought of about uh, three hour, or an hour ago. And uh, really just uh, sharing what's happening in the ministry, sharing um, a story from the community and also um, doing a church spotlight, uh, um, just sharing what churches are doing in the community. And, how they're making an impact for the Lord. Yeah. So, so just sort of sharing that very informally with... Yeah. I feel like everything's formal, seems formal these days, and just having a conversation is... Yep. Great to have. So come, now. And come join us for a cup of coffee. Yeah. So we've been... Gosh. Since the COVID-19 crisis, really trying to figure out how to do ministry differently. Uh, and initially it was really a challenge just to wrap, wrap your head around it. Uh, but as, um, as we got more comfortable in realizing what the situations were, um, we have all become Zoom experts, <laughs> as the rest of the world has as well. Um, but it, it's definitely been a blessing to have that kind of platform by which to communicate. Uh, with one another and with others and to share information. Um, one thing that God has made very, very clear to us is that um, what we are working on is twofold, and that is meeting the immediate need, yes, and being a part of that within our community, but, uh, but also um, preparing ourselves for the marathon race and making sure that what, what we offer to the community will be long-time sustainability of ministry. And so consequently, we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what that looks like. In <laughs> with a lot of unknowns out there. And so when I say that we're doing the best we can, uh, it's because there's, you know, there's still unknown information yeah. and so we're just yeah and so we're really just trying to follow what god is leading us to do right. in that regard right because we only have vague numbers for when things are going to reopen and and who knows what's going to happen after that what are people gonna you know come back to the stores right. are people gonna shop where people the gonna, new normal yeah what's the you hear that yeah well, so what is the new normal i don't know yeah if, once you figure it out, would you please let me know? <laughs> yeah, please call us. Two two one two nine five five. Let us know. Don't wait for us to call you. You call us. That's right. That's right. Um, you know. And so yeah, it's, but so it's been a challenge. But the, one of the cool things about it is, is being able to do it together. Yeah. Uh, we're all in the same boat, uh, and so when, when one member of the staff is having a difficult day or a difficult week, there's someone else there to pick them up. Um, Pray them through it. Just be an ear. 
whatever the case may be. Um, pray him. I mean, we've, oh my gosh, we've got so many dedicated people who just want to pray. Pray for us as a staff, pray for the churches, pray for the neighbors, just cover it, bathe it in prayer. I know that's exactly whenever I whenever I hear bathe in prayer, it's just it, it, it is it creates such an image of prayer just washing, washing over and washing through. Yeah, even uh, uh, when Alan was talking about that a little bit in our so we for the those listening, uh, we're doing or we have done for our loving your neighbor program um, Bible study classes for this session, this past session, right. and Alan Jervy was teaching it, and he was uh, sharing something really similar and about his story with cancer and with uh, all the treatments he had to go through, but he said just knowing people were praying for him, and the, there's even crazy scientific studies that have been done that show that to be true as well, but just um, him knowing that people were praying for him, he said, just lifted him yeah. in such a tangible and real way that uh, he said, like, that was integral in his... Yeah process of, of recovery and healing and it's really cool it's and it's really hard to explain but you know it's there mm-hmm. you can just sense it you can feel it yep. it's just a part of your being now the other the other part that has been challenging and I'm sure many people you know we're, we're talking to those who have a an interest in Love Inc., uh, those who have an investment in Love Inc., and we get asked, you know, well, how are you guys doing, you know, with staff and keeping staff on? How are you keeping them, you know, open? Um, which is a great question, and we've really, we've been blessed with a very strong, spirit-filled, spirit-led board of directors. Um, We, we say regularly, or our board says regularly, that, you know, that we walk by faith when it comes to our funding. Because, you know, we don't do any uh, scheduled events, fundraising events. And that's intentional, so we can focus on ministry. Um, what I like about the board's belief in this is that they're not saying that they're walking through faith very, just flippantly. It's not frivolous, and it's not um, in a dangerous manner. It's not in a irresponsible manner. It's done so just wisdom and discernment, but walking by faith. Perfect, absolutely. Knowing that you know, case in point. I mean, the government, which is created by God, has created a a, a grant program, the pay. Payroll Protection Plan, the PPP. Well, we've applied for that. Some people might find that uh, a little discouraging for an organization that walks by faith, but we're, we feel strongly that that's put there for us to take advantage of that so that we can continue to walk in faith and to keep our staff employed and to communicate that to them how much they're valued currently and in the future. Mm -hmm. I can speak to that too. Just Steve Campbell, the chairman of the board, called me three, four, no, no, shortly after this all happened, just sharing, hey, what what are your needs? What what are, yeah, how are you doing? What are, like, 
practically speaking, what do you need to, you know, live, sustain, whatever? Right. That was like, whoa, well, that's crazy. And that's coming from the, the director, chairman of the, the chairman of yeah. the board. You got it. And I was it. like, oh wow, that's, <laughs> well, that's different. I'm sure not many people are uh, getting calls from the, uh, I don't, I don't want to say head honcho, but the he's the, the head honcho. The head honcho. <laughs> he is. You know. So that's just, yeah, that that difference. Yeah, I mean, we are a relational ministry. And it's not just a relational ministry taking care of neighbors in need. It's a relational ministry taking care of staff, taking care of volunteers, taking care of neighbors, yeah. pastors, churches, you name it. Um, yeah, it's pretty comprehensive. That's a cool thing. It really is. Doesn't happen everywhere. No. So bottom line regarding that is recognizing the fact, struggling through the fact that our, that our primary funding source is closed, our thrift stores. Um, we still are receiving donations from individuals and churches, which is a huge blessing, huge. And then being able to tap into a, this particular program, we've not been accepted yet, but we're praying that we are. And that allows the staff to continue their forward thinking into the different ways to do ministry. Hence this Hence, right here. Yeah, community connections. Yeah, I even, yeah, because even um, just the talk of, of um, what it looks like for compensation for the future, it's like, it's, it's easy to, you know, when you have that months ago, or a couple months ago, a couple months ago, when we had that kind of am, ambiguous period of, I don't know, staff were like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, right. yeah, you, we you, you were probably like, were like, well, what's gonna happen, you know? Today my, starts week seven. Wow. Of Crazy. Working remotely. Yeah. And just speaking to that ambiguity of like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. It's like you're, it's hard to be truly focused on the task at hand when you're thinking of what's, what's going to be, what's going to happen in two weeks, one month. Right. What kind of preparation do I need to make and that kind of thing. Yeah, but no. then, but I mean, right now we're freed up to be able to continue as usual for the, for, for the, foreseeable future which is huge yeah because so, then you know oh, bam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know so when debbie and i are, are meeting and we're trying to think okay how can we move our staff forward how can we move things forward well we're thinking a month two three months out well how do you do that if you don't know if everyone's going to be employed how can we ask how can we reasonably ask our staff to invest their time, energy, and effort into what's next if we don't know what's next or that we're even gonna have a job. Right. Yeah. And so that's been, so to have that kind of support, that foundational support from our board really allows us to look down the road. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, it free, yeah, like uh, freeing us up to, as, uh, employees as doing ministry together like even just this like I was just saying this doing this video project this audio project to help the ministry this is like a this is a long-term project this isn't a this isn't a one-off thing for COVID-19 this is like a is how can we best communicate the ministry and connect resources and churches together right. long term and this is like a this is this is the what what is coming out of that and hopefully whether the Lord wants to use it or not which I'm sure he does, um, like 
the mental energy, the spiritual energy that's freed up knowing that. Um, this is Romans 18 in action because through a difficult, challenging situation, God has birthed something new that we'll be able to use for years. Mm -hmm. The other thing that has been really cool is to see how our staff, our volunteers, and our neighbors really engaged in the remote broadcast for the Loving Your Neighbor program. If we had just said, guys, I'm sorry, but because of the situation, we just need to cancel the rest of the session, everyone would have been okay with that. But what we proposed to them, we were very upfront because we knew it's going to take more time, energy, and effort on your parts to stay engaged. And daggone, and they, did. they did it. So willingly and just full of joy. Uh, just like, you just give us the platform, you give us the framework, tell us what you need us to do, what are the expectations, and then really just get out of our way and let us do it. Yeah. And I'm like, dang all. Yeah. That's, what more can you ask for? Oh my goodness. Yeah, seriously. It's really, it's really awesome what to kind watch. Of, like specifically, what kind of feedback were you hearing from, from neighbors? We heard from a neighbor, and this is a neighbor who doesn't have the capacity for um, YouTube. So her, we, we made special accommodations for her where the, the small group leader would call her and they would read the lesson together, they would discuss the lesson together, they would go over the homework together. Everything was a face, uh, was a one-to-one -one, uh, phone call. Wow. That's the, that's funny. And her response is, that's what I look forward to every single week. And one of the things that I've heard from um, psychologists during this crisis is that we all need something to look forward to in your week, in your day, whatever the case may be, because that's what gives you the motivation to continue forward. And when we're working with individuals who struggle with um, mental illnesses, mm -hmm. having that thing to look forward to, to engage in, um, is critical. It's like an anchor for their entire Thank you, that's a great life, way to put it. Almost. Yeah, yeah. And she said, you know, that, and <clears throat> hopefully it will grow into motivation for her to connect to a church. Because yeah. currently she's not, mm -hmm. but that's now. And who knows what God will do with that exactly. uh, coming and uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, other neighbors, well, uh, spiritual friends. I'm sorry, not spiritual friends, small group leaders. Mm -hmm. Each week after the broadcast, they're asked to um, connect to their neighbors. Actually, it's the other way around because it's the neighbor's responsibility to connect with them. That goes to the res taking re the responsibility to do that, right? That is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, plays, that goes with the redemptive compassion core value, that um, mutual accountability. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so the neighbors are responsible to contact their spiritual, their, their small group leader to go over the homework, go over the homework assignment that, that they did from last week, dialogue, discuss, ask questions, whatever the case may be, and to also discuss that week's video in preparation for their homework assignment. And of course, it's a relational interaction. Some small group leaders have decided to do it one-on-one. Some do small conference calls, whatever fit works for them. Um, and it's just really cool. And, and you can imagine, you're talking a group of five to six people. Well, when you have that kind of conversation, it's not, it's not a 15 minute conversation. And you're talking for at least 45 minutes to an hour yeah. per person. Yeah. yeah, so there's the increased time, energy, and effort. Yes. And done so joyfully. Um, just to hear their comments. You can just hear, for, <laughs> there's, there's one small group leader, name is Lynn, and it's just giddiness. It's almost like talking to a, a, a young teenager who's just discovered this wonderful joy and it's this joy of giddiness because they're just so excited to see what God's doing with it. It is so cool. And as you know, one of the leaders in the ministry, I look back and I'll look at it and I was like, what a tremendous, I mean, this is called community connections. Okay, well, there's your connection right there. The church connected to a neighbor, God's infused in that the relationships that are being fused, I'm not responsible for that. The neighbor's not responsible for it. Neither is the small group leader, the volunteer. It's just allowing God to be God Mm -hmm. through you. Yeah, it's amazing. How awesome is that? That is so cool. And all we gotta do is provide the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole mobilizing the church. Yes. That's the the loving is not the end in and of itself. It's the we're the vehicle, the that, vehicle connects. that connects the church to the uh, to those in need. Yeah, so cool. It's a motivation for ministry. It really is. It really is. <laughs> Truly, it is. Yeah, it's like if it was all about so, me. My goodness, I'd be sad. The next thing. So we just finished. Um, gosh, loving your neighbor session eighteen. Finished this past Thursday. And what? Uh, it was what a Bible year, study. What year did uh, it start? September of two thousand thirteen. So this is seven years going. Yes. It's awesome. So Pretty crazy. That is crazy. So 18 Bible study. Um, and it was, a book, it was a study on the book of James. That was the second half. The first half was actually a, a um, we'll call it a Bible study from like 30,000 feet, a comprehensive look at the Bible that um, Barrett Owen taught. Uh, he's the pastor at uh, First, First Baptist here in Waynesboro just a wonderful, wonderful experience and great teacher. Um, and then that was followed up with the book on book of James that Alan Jervy taught. Finished this past Thursday. And so now we are in the process of making plans for the next remote session, which will be a study, uh, the program called Alpha, which is a discipleship program. Um, give me his name. British teacher, pastor, names escaping me right now. Anyway, 
but it'll be the alpha class. Okay. Same structure, you know, small group leaders with a group of students. Mm -hmm. We are talking now about the idea of, we, the decisions have not been made, but to uh, invite uh, graduates to participate. Um, and any volunteer who's associated with Love Inc. to participate. And so again, just the, the concept of connections and uh, unity. Yeah. That starts May 21, May 21st. That's great. Okay. Um, other things that uh, the ministry has going right now, um, as uh, this crisis continues, uh, we are in conversations about how and when, um, what is it going to look like when we open up the thrift stores? Uh, do we open up one before we open up the other? Do we open them up simultaneously? What kind of uh, uh, precautions do we put in place to, you know, create that element of trust and that they're safe? Uh, customers, volunteers, staff. Um, reopening the donation center. Um, it, when we start receiving donations, how do we sanitize those donations? What's the process? What's the procedure to keep the volunteers safe? The people who are donating, how do we keep them safe? Um, so those conversations are being had now. Um, when it happens, again, who knows? One week, two weeks, a month? Yeah. That's so, it's, everything's changing every day, so it's hard to... Yeah. We just need to be prepared. That's, a, that's the big thing that we're focusing on is how to be prepared. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, you know, we want to make sure that we are, you know, that preparedness, you know, making sure that we are prepared to, uh, connect the churches, um, connect churches to one another, uh, that, uh, sort of that, uh, again, that concept and that, of being unified through faith which ties directly to the conference we had with Lonnie Riley uh, two months back. Um, we want to connect the churches to neighbors. We're anticipating that the needs are going to be increased and that we're going to see people in our community who maybe aren't accustomed to finding themselves in a position of need. And so how do we approach that? Yeah. And how do we um, meet need again in a very respectful, uh, dignified manner? Because right. could, these could be folks who've never asked for assistance before, never filed for whether that be uh, welfare or food stamps or, or called anyone for yeah. help. They, they have no clue how to navigate that system. Yeah, I, I, I forget what the statistics are on those living paycheck to paycheck and that it's it's baffling it really you, is and and you think about just the past month and a half and the people unemployed or or what have you i mean tons of people are probably they're already right at the end of their rope uh i don't know if it fits in the definition or not uh but you often hear the term the working poor those who have jobs they sustain themselves when they have a job well, now that we have people who don't have them, is that the working poor? Mm -hmm. 
So when I when so then tying it back to what we said earlier, when Love Inc. is preparing for the marathon, this long race, those are the people along with the ones who the, the neighbors who um currently in living in uh, an under-resourced culture. You know, how do we then as a ministry, how do we support the church? How do we mobilize the church to meet all of those needs? Because all the different gifts and talents within the churches in the area, how do we funnel those to meet the new needs, the previous needs, every, every, all the needs that are going to be called in or emailed or? Exactly right brought through the process yep the other uh aspect of you know of connecting the church is anticipating that there are going to be a large number of people in our churches who are in good situation they have a good foundation they're, they're stable and their hearts are like i need to serve I want to serve. Right. I want to volunteer. They're not in the position of, of being, uh, uh, I don't know what the word would be. They're not in a position to be hurt by this crisis in a financial sense or uh, they're just available. They're available and they're, and they're ready and they're willing to put their gifts and talents to work uh, for the kingdom. Right. And that's, I mean, that's even part of why we're, another reason why we're doing this is to make those things that the churches are offering to volunteers that, so here's how you can help. That's correct. And think about if you're, a, if you're an individual in our community, we'll say you attend to church and you're like, man, I want to volunteer. And you're thinking, where? Where do I volunteer? And so Love, Inc., wants to be a vehicle again to provide that kind of opportunity. Yeah, that do, do they volunteer through Love Inc.? If they do, fantastic. Yeah. If, they volunteer, if they volunteer through a different agency or ministry, awesome. Because we're all in this together. We're That's not, correct. We're not trying to take volunteers from one ministry or, no. or, or another. It's not about us. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It, it really <laughs> isn't. Um, and so it, it, it's about connecting people to people, which leads us to really just a, a cool, cool, cool um, project um, creation that came from our loving staff um, Call it a church resource directory. Call it a community resource directory. Call it a community connection directory. Pick a title. The purpose is to to accomplish all that we just talked about. How do we connect churches to people who are in need? How do we inform neighbors who may have a need where they can find resources to help them meet that need. Right, because I even think of, well, let's take, uh, well, let's take me, let's take me for example. Let's say I lose my, let's say I'm Nolan working somewhere else five years ago and I lose my job. Uh, someone like myself, I mean, I, I don't know what those resources are. I don't know where to find those resources and I don't know, like in a lot of cases, I don't even know where to begin. Correct. It's like Google search. Well, 
good luck. I don't know. You'll see lots of different sources. Yeah, and you're right. like, is this for me? Is this not for me? And boy, I would be uh, confused. <laughs> you would truly be a fish out of water. Yeah. Um, it goes, I mean, people behave based on what they know. And if you don't know that, then you don't really don't know how to behave. Right. You don't know where to get, you said it, you don't know where to start. Yeah. And so that's what this directory is intended to do. It's intended to give people a starting point. Um, one of the things that our staff did with this that I think is just so insightful is rather than giving you all the information. 13 page document. <laughs> it's crazy, it's huge. Oh yeah. Which is a blessing because it, it indicates the number of resources that we have in our community. And internally it's very helpful for right. Love Inc, for us. But to make it a document that is useful, it's an interactive PDF. And so you can, if you're interested in finding a church in your community that is offering online services, you can find it. If you are someone who is not accustomed to finding, uh, being, finding yourself in a, a state of need, it gives you directions on how to navigate. If you um, need to find a resource on how to find food, mm -hmm. it's right there. Yeah, uh, for instance would be, um, so part of one of the community resources is under food and uh, food services, I think is what it's called, or whatever the category is, there's meals. Meals. meals, that's right, that's correct. yeah, meals. Uh, uh, under it, we actually have a direct link to the Verona Food Pantries. Uh, they had already created a uh, curation of all the area food pantries, that kind of thing. So we didn't reinvent the wheel with that and put all those on there. We just went right to, through the interactive PDF, a link to that curation page. So all you would have to do is uh, put your uh, zip code in right. and it would find the closest one to you. Right. So our prayer is that this directory, this tool, really enables people in our community to connect to the resources, agency, church, volunteer opportunity that they desire. Yeah. So at a glance, you can say, uh, "I have a need for X, Y. I need. An, I have a need for transportation. Yes. Here's a list of five different transportation services and what." What I particularly like is the, um, and that they're um, sorted by location as well. Yes. And so you can at a glance know that, oh, there's two transportation services in Waynesboro. Right. Click. There we go. Because they're color coded. They are. Which is, to me, is, is, I mean, it's, that just is so very helpful. Again, it goes, it speaks to the user friendliness of this particular document. Yeah. And for those who aren't, uh, who are on the audio, uh, version of this who've gotten this far. Well, congratulations for getting this far for one thing. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and second of all, I'll uh, put in the podcast notes uh, the a, a direct link to it so you can see it yourself. But also for those Perfect. watching on video, I'll make sure to put uh, what we have so far of the uh, community resources up on the screen to give you an idea of, of what we're talking about. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah. It's a cool thing. And, it, and it, the other part of this is that it is a, um, a living document. What we have currently is purely the first stage of this because yeah. there's so much more that can go with it. And, uh, and I would invite those who are watching or listening that to you know, contact Love Inc. If you see something that's missing, 
please let us know. We would love to include it. I guess the next next part of this is going to be a community a community story, um, particularly in an area of ministry. And I was able to have the privilege of talking to uh, Linda Fields of Disciples Kitchen to talk a little bit more uh, with her about what they do. And I just wanted to highlight uh, three three things in particular. Which one is what is Disciples Kitchen? Um, the second was a particular story that they found uh, really, really saw God working through churches, working together and that kind of thing. And then the third was uh, just how people can get more involved with Disciples Kitchen and what their current needs are. So uh, we'll go right to that conversation from here, and uh, we hope that it, uh, that you enjoy. The Disciples Kitchen opened in May of 2007. Um, this was opened based on a suggestion from a gentleman at Blue Ridge Area Food Bank in Verona. At the time, Second Presbyterian Church in Waynesboro had a food pantry that was open once a month. And when some of our members were at the food bank to pick up items for the food pantry at our church, um, they were, uh, this was mentioned to them because of the location of our church. It's an ideal location to have a uh, soup kitchen type program. We do a registration of anyone who, the first time the person attends our meal program, we have them register and we only obtain basic information, their name, if they have an address, their date of birth, if they're male or female, and if they have a source of income. We don't ask what the income is, just if they have any source of income. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we keep that information that's basic information that the local groups who are providing some grants, they ask for that basic information. We don't turn anyone away. We don't do screening on income. If, if the person needs a meal, they're welcome to come into our meal program. Mm -hmm. We have learned over the years, um, we've lost some of our faithful folks who were coming almost daily for lunch because of their ages and they've passed away, but they were lonely. Or they had very limited income. They may have had a place to live, but they had limited income. They could not financially purchase the food and were not really that interested sometimes to cook a good meal just for themselves. So they, they were it also provided a time for them to, to come together for socialization, to talk with those of us who were helping them. Um, there, there are days that folks will come in and there's always folks in the um, the dining hall as well as the kitchen to, to, to talk with them. Um, I help with the registration, and so I see them, and they come in the door, and I, I know a majority of the folks who do come into the meals and just walk around and ask them how they're doing, and some days they want to tell you. You don't have to you don't have to comment. They just want to talk. The folks will have prayers with them. We, our pastor is there normally on Tuesdays, but if people need someone to talk to or just want someone to have a prayer with them, then we try to make sure that someone can do that. We do a short devotion and a blessing before we serve a meal. We have had some new churches, um, not new churches, but different churches step up and help us provide meals the days that were open. They weren't on a regular schedule. And this is through the Pastors Association. Uh, they have a Zoom meeting, I think, on Monday afternoon. April has mentioned that there's a need to continue feeding individuals in the community. I mentioned to her, you know, I, I would contact groups that were already scheduled, and many of them are helping, but we've had some, uh, one church that was helping the, the folks doing the program, uh, the meal program for us, 
weren't able to, but others within the church have stepped up. Uh, one is, um, I think he's a mission minister, Shane Lilly at Church on the Hill. He has a group that is helping out um, with meals. Some of our churches, one of our churches had a connection with DAPS and Stuart Draft, and they provided cheeseburgers one day. We've had some of them come in and say, well, I have not had a meal since Friday at lunch. Well, I have not had a meal since Saturday morning. Bill Clifton with Love, Inc. has set up a program now. He is helping us out by having groups provide bag lunches at Second Presbyterian Church at 4 o'clock on Sundays. And that will start this weekend, April 26th. So it, it will be a bag lunch. He said he'd like to just start with the bag lunch as we discussed the possibility after churches can reopen. Uh, some current needs would be um, possibly the ability to have more hot meals. If someone has a connection with, we, we did receive some funding to provide meals during this time. So we could possibly purchase from a small restaurant in the area if they would be interesting and partnering with us that we could provide some funding for, for the meal. All right, so I hope that conversation with Linda was helpful uh, for you to learn a little bit more about Disciples Kitchen. For our church spotlight segment, we actually, or I was actually able to talk to um, Pastor Stacy Burkholder. Is that his last name? That's correct. Yep, uh, Pastor Stacy Burkholder, and he gave us the privilege of, of talking with him about Bridge and what Bridge uh, is up to, what they're offering currently, and what their current needs, uh, both practically and volunteer-wise, and um, all of that sort of information in that conversation. So we'll we'll go ahead and that play that interview. Just introduce yourself personally and who you are and what Bridge is all about. You bet. So my name is Stacy Burkholder. I'm the outreach pastor over at Bridge Christian Church here in Fishersville. And uh, essentially, we uh, are tasked with as the outreach team with uh, reaching out to the community and uh, meeting needs, finding needs, identifying needs that are out there. And uh, that has not been as difficult uh, in the last few weeks uh, with the COVID stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, at this time, what is Bridge currently offering? Um, let's let's start with, I guess, uh, what kind of services are you guys offering, whether that be remote or or whatever? And then uh, from church services, um, what are you guys offering to the community when it comes to, um, if any, like? practical help or connection? Um, basically, how are you all helping other people during this time? So I guess there's two answers on the on the actual service side to the community. Uh, what we've tried to do is let people know that we do want to help. I mean, I think that was uh, one of our biggest challenges early on was letting people know where we are and that we we are willing to help if they need help. And so one of the things we've done is rent some of the digital billboards uh, to put out just a very simple message of, do you need help? We'd love to, um, to be a service to you. And so from there, we developed uh, a landing page on our website that's essentially titled COVID-19. It's right on our homepage. People can go there and uh, there are three different options for either serving or being served uh, through that page. Uh, the first option is real organic. It's just to uh, identify 10 people in your life that may be family members, friends, neighbors, people that you probably naturally know, and just check up on them and uh, find ways to serve those people in whatever way that you find out they need help. 
Um, the second way was we identified local community organizations like the food bank, like local food pantries, um, people that needed masks sewn, and we created a list of links that they could just go in and serve those organizations directly. And then as a third option, we created a I want to help page along with the I have needs page. And people from the community that would read that billboard or see something on social media can go to that third option and put down specific needs that they have that maybe they've not been able to find uh, resources for. And what Bridge will do is, is all the people that go on that same form and sign up to help, uh, we match those people together. And, uh, and for those people that want to help, we match them with someone that has a similar need. And so we've just tried to create a real um, varied way that people can get involved, whether it's just within their home and their family in an organic sense, or real specifically within ministries or needs that they have. That's really cool. Yeah. I think uh, we actually checked that out a little bit ago too. And we were really, uh, we thought it was just such a great, uh, great option to send people to both from on our end of things, when folks call in or in, and are in need of something that we may not be able to offer or something like that, but uh, having that as a resource has been really cool to see. And it's really simple too, is uh, one thing I saw. It was when I went to, it was like, there's your three options and it's easy, easy to follow and you don't get bogged down with a ton of, a ton of options. So that's, that's props for that for sure. Appreciate Yeah, absolutely. Um, what kind of, uh, again, if any, uh, what sort of stories have you seen come out of this? Maybe one, one thing that comes to mind, it could be either with a volunteer, a staff member, um, uh, that you've seen, uh, I guess, uh, Jesus work in a really, um, it could be simple way, interesting way, just something that sticks out to you. Yeah. So, I think all the examples that I have right now um, are actually people that have decided to become followers of Christ because of the change in our culture and even in our church culture. In fact, just a few weeks ago, a gentleman uh, sent me a message through Facebook Messenger that said, hey, because I can't come to church, I've been reading my Bible more. I've been watching more sermons online and getting more out of it than I did when I was in church. Now, I don't know what that means to the preacher, <laughs> but I don't care. The, the fact is that the result of him having more of a personal faith, um, he began to read his Bible more, read it differently, and he became a follower of Jesus about two weeks ago. That's and amazing. So that is playing out in families. I have a message this morning from uh, uh, two young parents who have. Uh, kids, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, and uh, they began asking questions from watching the online sermon, adult sermons. Again, I mean, these weren't necessarily created for children, um, but because of the change in venue and the change of delivery, more video-based, uh, both of those kids started asking questions about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what does it mean to get baptized, and uh, we have a follow-up meeting with that family. And so it, there's been really cool things that have happened with giving children food at local schools. And there's great stories like that. But, you know, I, I think if for most of our churches, the end the goal is that people would come to know Christ. 
And so God is using this crazy COVID thing to draw people to Jesus. I, that's been amazing for us. That's so cool. Yeah, truly. That's like, that's like, that's it right there. That's so cool. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I guess the, the last thing uh, would be, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit in the last part. Uh, maybe we'll just rehash it again. Um, but how, how can folks get involved right now? So maybe go over that, that page again. So take, uh, how can people get involved in during COVID-19, but also how can people get involved? Um, let's say what opportunities does bridge have for people to get involved? Um, that kind of thing. So this is just kind of my philosophy and my heart. And that is that the greatest opportunities for my family and maybe for families that may watch this are probably closer than they think. I'm amazed at how many needs there are within the, the people that live alone in my own circle, people that need to be loved on, encouraged, blessed with a phone call, text message, a basket of foods and flowers. And uh, to really look, to maybe to draw the lens back again and not look so far out and recognize that there may be some people right in your midst to make a list of those people, single moms, a really difficult time for single moms. And uh, you may have one of those that's a sibling or a, a real close friend. And, and we've been thinking about, you know, some person that's out in the community. We wish we knew who they were. And I really think they're closer than we think. And uh, if we would just reach those people that are within our natural sphere of influence right now, then we would cover a tremendous amount of the county um, and uh, help people that wouldn't be surprised to hear from us, um, which overcomes some of the other fears that people have about helping is, well, do they really want me to help? Is it going to be a stranger? I think if we all just help the people that are in our natural sphere of influence, we could have a tremendous impact. And so that's a big part of the, uh, our webpage, our COVID-19 page. It's really the first option there is uh, love the people you're with. Um, and that can be really effective. Aside from that, I really do think practical help for medical workers right now is really important. It really is difficult. And, uh, and very stressful for them right now. And any encouragement for people um, at Western State, uh, people and nursing facilities, nursing homes can be really important. So I love that practical element, but I really appreciate the organic side of it as well. And we hope that this video series podcast if you find it to be very uh, inspiring, yeah. um, encouraging, and, and I guess bottom line, just helpful as well. <laughs>